Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Archangels, ghosts, and Bigfoot. Oh, my. It's just another night for Supernatural Girls. Real stories, real answers to life's biggest supernatural mysteries. And now, for another exciting interview with paranormal experts from this world and others. Here's your host, paranormal researcher Patricia Baker, on the one, the only, Supernatural Girls. Welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of Supernatural Girls Radio. I am your host, Patricia Baker, and I am here with my most beloved co-hosts. i got two of them now. I feel so blessed. PK is back with us. Patricia Kirkman, thank you so much for coming back and being on the show with us tonight. And we also have George Lugo with us. And our guest tonight is an amazing woman. We are going to be talking about cats and cat magic and oracles and many other things. And her name is Deborah Blake. So first and foremost, we're going to start off with PK and numerology. PK, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good. My voice sounds a little strange, folks, but just the way it is for a while. Anyway, I'm better. Thank you. And we're taking a look at the numbers today. It is a, a day of wrapping up old things, which is really good. And we are in a month that has been taking everything that's been about details of things, and it's been a lot of work for everybody to put things in order. But uh, was taking a look at a uh, question that was asked as about repeating numbers, when we see repeating numbers or duplicate numbers. And I find that many times when that happens, if you take a look at what your destiny number is or what your personal number is at this point in time. That says a lot about what's happening around you because if you look at numbers itself, uh, everything revolves around the numbers one through nine. And one is uh, starts and beginnings, two is partnerships, three is creativity, four work, five changes, six family, seven spiritual, eight about our money, and nine about what we do for others. So when we're seeing duplicate numbers show up in our life, take a look at what the numbers represent. And I'll try to put something together so people can take a look at it on the web page. But most important is it isn't just the number you see. It's how many of that same number do you see and what does that number total? Because the end number may have a lot more to say than the actual number itself. So it makes it very interesting. We're never really quite sure. Uh, some people are very uh, prone to specific numbers that they keep seeing. Well, if someone sees the number uh, four all the time, and they'll see three or four fours going, well, four deals with work-related issues. 
but three fours mean that it's all about being creative with your work and putting it together. So it isn't just a negative number when we think of what each number has in store and is that a number that's missing within our own chart and does it have a special meaning to us because maybe there's an abundance of that number showing up, giving us more ideas of how to do things better. Just a thought. That's great. That's very interesting. Yeah, I've had quite a few people talk about that, about to continue to see either the same numbers over and over again or numbers that really catch their attention. They just don't know why they're popping up. So that would be great. And, again, your website is patriciakirkman.com, and you can also contact PK from the supernaturalgirls.com website. Have your own private reading with Patricia. And, yeah, there's so much going on in the world today. It's great to know your own numbers and what's coming up for you. And the time of endings, you said, new beginnings, we like that. But well, anyways. also for us to remember that between October 1st and December 31st, we're leaving the old year getting ready to go into the new year. So we're in a little bridge period that we get a chance to review, redo, or Head for the hills. It's going to be one of the three, okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, I hope we don't have to head for the hills. <laughs> yep. I'm afraid by, by, I have been heading for the hills quite a bit of lately. But yeah, really. Change. I know it. Oh, goodness, with all the health challenges you've had. But we're so grateful to have you with us tonight, that's for sure. I also wanted to announce the candle reading workshop. Shamanic Divination and Diagnostic Techniques for anybody who's going to be in the Western Mass area. It's going to take place on Saturday, November 16th from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. It's going to be held at Azure Green or Blossom Center is another name for it, in their pyramid. And the cost is $80. So if you're interested in signing up, time is running out, make sure you get a hold of me. I am found on SupernaturalGirls.com. Also on our Facebook page, you can message me there. And there is an announcement about this uh, workshop, and we'd love to have you there if you're interested. And Itzhak is a wonderful teacher and shaman, and I think everybody is going to have a great day with him. So make sure you get a hold of me if that's something you're interested in. And we have our candles on sale. So as we go into Candle Magic Time with Halloween, Make sure you've got your candles for love and money and soul realignment. They're all on sale on our website. And we've got great paranormal stories on our Facebook page. As usual, we've got UFO stories and demons being photographed in in old haunted houses. So lots of stuff to look at and read. That's on our Facebook page. Make sure you like and follow us there and on Twitter. And if you would like a psychic medium reading then George Lugo is your man. You can find George at crystalgatereadings.com. Again, that's crystalgatereadings.com. And he's with us tonight, and we are going to be talking about a wonderful topic, cat magic. And our expert tonight is Deborah Blake. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about Deborah before we bring her on the air. Because she's an award-winning author, which you should know that. It's just, she's an amazing author. She's written a, a lot of books. She's the author of the Baba Yaga and Broken Rider Paranormal Romance Series and the Veiled Magic Urban Fantasies from Berkeley. She's also written a 
a year and a day of everyday witchcraft. The goddess is in the details, everyday witchcraft. And what we're going to be talking about tonight, among other things, the little book of cat magic. Deborah, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. So it's a pleasure having you here, and we all love animals. Our audience loves animals. We love animals. This is such a precious topic to be discussing. Now, how many cats do you have? Let's start there. Well, as of this week, <laughs> okay, well, I had, for many years I had five, and I lost all but one of those, including uh, Magic Cat Queen of the Universe, who was featured in the Little Book of Cat Magic and many of my other books. And I adopted three cats to go with my one guy who was left from the old bunch. And so I've been at four for eh, like a year and a half. And the the young ones are about two years old, still kittens bouncing off the walls. And then, <laughs> because I'm completely insane, um, about three months ago, I took in a stray mother cat and her four kittens to foster for a local organization. And you know, the three three of the four kittens found homes. Mama Cat is back at the shelter, and Diana, who is one of the kittens, um, is now living here. So I guess the answer is five. I'm back to five. That was that was apparently the destiny. Yeah, it's it's been well, an interesting few months. Eight. That's what's perfect for you. <laughs> well, you know, I I have had five, on and off, but mostly five. For most of my adult life. So, you know, I, apparently that's my number, five. Five is good. Six is crazy. Five is <laughs> five is only slightly crazy. <laughs> ah. Oh, and George, you have cats, too. How many do you have? Yeah, but, oh, I have four right now, and I'm holding at four. I mean, I've always been a dog No, no, person. you need another one. Five is good. Five is good. Go for five. Well... <laughs> Yeah, I know, I know. I mean, God, that's real. It's been close a couple of times, but well, you, you have know, a four. dog too. No, no, you have I a don't dog? have any dogs anymore. No, no, no more, no dogs. Oh, oh. No, well, I then you definitely break. need a fifth cat. Definitely <laughs> need a fifth <laughs> cat. Yeah. Oh boy, you're talking me. You know, I have it. a spell um, in the book on how to find just the right cat. I I can help well, you. Well, I'll tell you what. These cats found me, man. I'm not kidding. They just like. Showed up, you know, and I'm like, okay, well, come on in. So yeah, no, that, and, and that does happen a lot. And in fact, yeah. you know, I had not been intending to keep any of the foster kittens, and Diana made it very clear that she decided I was hers. Uh, you know, the other kittens were wonderful, and I fell madly in love with them, but none of them was attached to me the way she was attached to me. Now, mind you, she was she got seriously ill they all got sick but she got really really sick and i nursed her back to health and i like fed her by hand and you know there's this chinese saying i think it is that you know if you save somebody's life then you're responsible for them forever and apparently diana believes that (laughs) she knows exactly she's like tag you're it Yeah, Yeah, I got this one little Japanese short-tailed cat that talks to me all the time. She's the only one that's just constantly talking. Well, clearly, you know, she has something to say. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, anyway, it's just great having them. They're just really wonderful. They're such strong individuals, you know. Oh, it's amazing. I've had cats my whole entire life, and not one has been like another. I mean, there are some that have things in common, but every single one of them is a discreet individual. And, you know, and I've had siblings. I've had, like, a mom and her two kids. And they're nothing like each other. It's just amazing to me. You know, they they really are. And this is true of dogs, too. You know, I mean, I I like dogs. I'm, you know, I'm a cat person, but I like dogs. But, you know, they are all their own person. You know, just like every human being is different, every cat and every dog I have ever met is completely and totally an individual, for the lack of a better word, person in their own right. Right. Some of them more charming than others, just like people. Right. For sure. So how did you get into and onto the path of witchcraft? How did that start with you? Was that something that you had in your family? No, absolutely not. <laughs> no. I was I was brought up Jewish. Uh, I am still what I consider to be Jewish by heritage. I'm very proud of my Jewish heritage, but the religion itself did not really do anything for me. And um, when I became a teenager, we shifted to Unitarianism, and that wasn't quite right. As an adult, I studied Buddhism and Taoism, and it was close but not quite right. And I was I guess you could say an agnostic. I thought there was sort of the possibility of something out there, but I hadn't found it yet. And when I was in my early 30s, I think it was my early 30s, it all starts to blur together, um, (laughs) you know, I, I had a friend who said, oh, you know, I have this group that meets at my house. And she kept inviting me to do these things, and I'm not a group kind of person um i'm a like sit in the corner with your cats kind of person and <laughs> and one halloween or Samhain as we call it she said to me come to my house i've got a few people coming over we're going to do a ritual you know we're going to have a little food it'll be great so i went over her idea of a few people was i don't know 25 or 30 and they were all you know coming up and hugging me and saying things like Merry meet and blessed be and I just thought oh my god who the heck are these people and we we had our feast and we went out into the park near her house and she cast the circle and something changed something in that circle was different from anything that I had ever felt before and I reached out to deity and deity reached back and that had never happened before and literally it was like I could hear these voices in my head that said well it's about time (laughs) and you know it's all history from there that was pretty much you know I found my place and I went to a friend of mine a couple of weeks later and said oh my god I'm a witch and she said yeah I know (laughs) What do you mean you know? And she said, yeah, I've known for a couple of years. And I said, well, why didn't you tell me? And she said, because you had to find your way to it yourself. And, you know, I have told many people that since then. It's the, the interesting thing about modern witchcraft and paganism is that it isn't something where, you know, witches go out and look for new witches. 
there's no proselytizing. You know, it's not like the folks who knock on your door and go, come join us. You actually have to find your way there yourself. And, yes, people can invite you, like my friend invited me. And the tradition is you're invited three times, and if you don't go the third time, they stop inviting you. Um, but it is one of those things where you're either sort of called to it or not, and some people don't find it through a group like I did. Some people, you know, the goddess just comes to them, taps them on the shoulder when they're in the woods and goes, Psst, hey there. Um but yeah, that was that was how it happened for me. And then I was in her group for a little over five years, and uh, then did my sort of traditional year and a day of study to be a high priestess. Started Blue Moon Circle, which is my group in 2004, and we've been practicing together ever since. Awesome, wonderful. Um, well, once in a blue moon, that's actually how we got yeah. our name, because when we started, there were only three of us, and if one person canceled, the other two sort of went, well, eh. so we really did only get together once in a blue moon. Um, these mm. days, we mostly meet for the eight holidays of the year, the Sabbaths, um, Samhain being the next one, and... Uh, we try and get together for the full moons when we can. That doesn't always happen. Um, you know, it's like I said, we've been together for a very long time, and there were years when we got together two or three times a month. And at this point, you know, we have one person who can't drive at night, which makes the full moons a little difficult. Then um, we're all sort of crazy busy, but we're at this point. The core group, which was four or five people, we're like family. I mean, we take vacations together. I you know, married one of the women in my group and her husband and was there when their children were born. So, you know, if we miss a, a full moon here and there, it, it sort of doesn't matter. Gosh, what so a how close do the cats affect group. you? Mostly they make me work really hard to write books so I can feed them. (laughs) (laughs) And they do magically. Uh, Well, the interesting thing about my cats and magic, um, none of the cats that I have now are familiars that I can tell. Um, The younger ones, I'm still sort of waiting to see if something happens. Um, Magic the cat. Queen of the Universe, that was her full title, and she wanted you to use it, uh, who I lost, um, well, it'll be two years in January. Um, She was the one true familiar I ever had. She would, if I was doing magical work on my own, she would come out. But the amazing thing was when the circle met, if we were inside, my cats didn't go outside, so uh, if we were outside, that you know, she would just be, you know, waiting for us to come in and give her treats. But when we met in my living room, which is, you know, it's up, I live in upstate New York, so there's a numerous months during the year where you cannot be outside for things. Either it's snowing or it's raining or the mosquitoes are trying to eat you alive. And she would actually, we would set up the altar table in the middle of the room, which is a round table I use, um, set everything up. And she would walk into the room, she would walk clockwise um, around the table, which is the proper way, 
and greet everyone. And then she would either sit underneath the altar table or on my couch sort of behind us supervising us. And we knew that it was time to start the ritual. And when we were done, she would go back around the circle and walk out of the room. And we knew we were done. She was she was incredibly magical. And she did inspire a lot of my books, most especially the little book of Cat Magic. And there are, in this book... Um, there are little notes from Magic the Cat um, because she had a lot to say. <laughs> that's adorable. Well, she was, of course, black. I mean, that uh, that probably goes without saying, but she was a yeah, she was a black Magic Cat. How old did she hmm. live to be? Uh, she well, she and her brother Mystic, who I had antiosic actually had their mom Minerva who I lost the year before I lost them or a year and a half um magic died um 7 days before their 16th birthday and mystic died the day after their 16th birthday oh, 8 days apart it was a very bad month a very very bad month um but yeah so she was almost 16 which is a very good life for a cat and um she she did it all on her terms, as she did everything else. She and her brother both had um, cancer, but very different kinds of cancer. And she had one that had, um, not to bring everybody down, uh, but basically it was like a cluster of grapes, and each grape was a tumor. And huh. we found out about it because one of them burst and almost killed her. And my vet said, well, the next one that goes, that's it. And she defied all the odds because she was magic the cat queen of the universe. She probably should have had a couple of weeks. She got three months. I think we discovered it in October. Yeah, I know because we had we had our Samhain ritual and we thought, well, this is the last ritual with magic. And I run an artist cooperative shop, and so my December's are very crazy. And I asked her to make it through December and. Through that week after December, so I could have that week with her in quiet, and she did. Every time she jumped down off the sofa, I held my breath. Um, she she made it until the third of January, and then she basically said, "Nope, I'm in pain. I'm uncomfortable. Take me to the vet." Um, and even even at the end, she was in charge. I've never had another cat who said, "This is it. I'm done." But, yeah, she was the boss of me. She was the boss of me for 16 years. From the day I met her, I went to the shelter to find a kitten. Well, we all know how that works, right? And I ended up coming home with her and her brother and their mother, who was um, basically uh, you know, unadoptable. She she was terrified and sickly and had probably been abused. Um, but I was looking at her brother, this big gray cat. Uh, you know, they were about, oh, I think eight weeks old at that point. And she muscled her way up to the front of the cage and said, mew, 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 which clearly translated to, you can take any of my siblings you want, but I'm going with you. And that was the beginning of her bossing me around for the next 16 years. Oh, gosh. Wow. Well, I mean, obviously, your bonds with the, your cats are, are just incredibly deep. And But yet you did mention something that I want to go back to 
not all cats are familiars. Absolutely not. I've had cats my whole life, and it is possible that before I was aware I was a witch, I had cats that were familiars, and I didn't realize it. But certainly, you know, I've been practicing since you know for for a long time. We're not going to say how long. A long time, and this was the only familiar. I've had a couple of cats who I do energy healing work as well. And one of the cats that I have now will help with that. She will jump up on the person who's being worked on and sit on the spot. That's problematic, which Magic did too. Um, But familiars are not that common. And one of the things that I talk about in the little book of Cat Magic is, um, you know, I mean, there's a spell for finding a familiar and there's things like that. But I also... You know, try and stress that you should never get a cat because you want a familiar. I mean, if you're lucky, you will get a cat, and that cat will turn out to be magical. But you better not adopt that cat unless you want the cat, no matter what, because there's no guarantee. Mm-hmm. When you use the term familiar, because not everybody's going to understand, why do you say whether they're a familiar or not? Well, it, you know, this is one of those sort of old terms. A familiar essentially is an animal, and it doesn't have to be a cat. Um, I've known people who have dogs, snakes. In the old days, they used to say that witches had familiars that were frogs. I'm not sure how helpful a frog would be, but okay, sure. Um, I mean, I have frogs in my pond, and I go out and talk to them all the time, but Magically, not so much. No, they just eat flies, which is lovely. Um, A familiar is an animal that helps to focus and boost your power, usually in a fairly subtle way, sort of like, you know, the story I told about magic coming and helping us cast the circle. You know, she, she clearly was attuned to the magical work that I did and that the group did, and she was very much a part of the magic that we did. But it wasn't as though she was, you know, drawing esoteric symbols in the air with her paw. It's subtler than that. It has to, yeah, I know, that would be cool. I'd like to get one that did that. Well, maybe not. That would feel a little creepy. Um, But the thing about a familiar is it's all about energy, as, as most of magic is and most of paranormal anything is. It's about sort of tapping into the available energy. And the thing about familiars is that they help you to do that, whether they're helping you to tap into their energy or they're helping you to tap into the sort of universal energy. Nobody really knows, Um, as with all the rest of magical things. You know, everybody has theories. I have theories, many theories. Um, But, yeah, the the role that a familiar plays is to help a witch or magical worker to sort of um, ramp things up a little bit. But it's all pretty subtle. It, you know, it's not. It's not like um, you know they're going to press a button. Right. And in uh, in the old days, didn't they also refer to familiars as uh, entities, animals that would be protect? protective of the witch so if somebody's um, yeah, throwing a and, curse and at a witch I think that that's the familiar would help with that right. I think that's probably true I mean I 
I think my cats, all of them are protective protective of me, whether they're magical or not. And I don't just mean the mice or the fact that they always see the wasp in that in the room before I do, and you know I have to chase them to get away from it. Um, you know, I think the animals that love us are generally protective. And certainly if you have a familiar who has this additional gift, mm-hmm. then certainly they are going to use that to protect their person. Um, certainly, you know, Magic the Cat's energy was extremely protective. She actually slept by my head for, like, literally the entire 16 years. She slept by my head, and I'm I'm one of those people I don't sleep well, and I you know, have, you know, because I'm a sensitive, you know, you get nightmares, you get all those things. And I always felt much safer when she was, you know, right there by my head until first thing in the morning when she would start, you know, batting at me to get up and feed her. <laughs> Yeah, I, I felt less safe and more alarm clocky. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's funny. Well, again, you have so much great history also in your book. You talk about the cats in Egypt, and it's so interesting how cats evolved as pets. But you talk about Bast, you know, the Egyptian deity, and tell us more about some of these cat deities because they're, they were well, very powerful and they still are. They were. Bast is, uh, is particularly the best known. Um, you know, it, those of us who are witchy folks and especially witchy and cat folks, almost everybody has a, a statue of, of Bast or a statue that represents Bast, which is usually cat-shaped. Um, and there, are, But there are a few more, um, most of whom are not quite as well known. Um you know, there's a, a pre-Inca civilization where there was a, a cat god in that. Um, Freya, who is not normally known as a cat goddess per se, but she had a chariot that was drawn by these two magical cats. Giant cats, of course, because if you're going to draw a chariot, you have to be a giant cat. Um, and And so she was associated with cats and Sekhmet who was also Egyptian she's more often pictured as associated with lions who are a big cat obviously she was sort of the fiercer version of Bast Bast was more of a a mother goddess a a healing goddess um, whereas Sekhmet was more of a I will kick your ass kind of cat goddess. Um, well, you know, she was she was known as a fierce defender or an ally. So if you wanted someone, you know, say say you were a woman who was being uh, abused by a man, you wouldn't call on Bast. You would call on Sekhmet to basically smack him upside the head. And mm-hmm. you have spells also listed in your book Many that people spells. can use to find out which deity is best for them to work with, and everybody's different. Yeah, because like you, you don't always know, and it's you know, and it can change from day to day and week to week. Um, you know, you may be in one situation where a particular deity is the right one to to call on, and then there's a different situation, and. Sometimes you sort of sit there and go, well, who should I ask for help? So, yeah, there's a spell for asking, 
you know, in particular for one of these cat gods or goddesses um, to, you know, come and, and help you. Um, I've sort of sprinkled the book with spells. Um, you know, one of my favorite sections of the book is less magical and more practical. I, you will you will find if you look at my books, they're they're mostly about practical magic because that's sort of my thing. Um, I'm not a big ceremonial, esoteric, magical person. I mean, those are great, and if that's what you're called to, that's great. Um, for me, it's more like, well, I have to make it through the day, the week, the month. I need help with the practical things. So most of my spells are relatively practical. You know, in the Living with Cats chapter, there's a spell for a tranquil household and a spell to integrate a new cat, a spell to, you know, find a lost cat or the perfect cat sitter. It's pretty, pretty pragmatic stuff, despite the fact that you're mixing magic with it. Because the truth is, if you look back at the magic users that, we all sort of draw our history from, these were not people, for the most part, the common folks, weren't doing ceremonial magic. They were doing magic so that their family got fed, so that they were safe, so that somebody who was sick was healed. Um, so that's the kind of magic I do. That, what yeah. area that you show what uh, items are poisonous or problematic to the familiars, and certain things I had not thought about before that they could be a problem to the cat. Yeah, I did. I did a lot of research for this book, which which is kind of funny because many of my books are not research heavy. Um, a lot of them are just sort of my, you know, this is how I do it kind of books. This book mm-hmm. required a lot of research, and I actually learned some things that I didn't know, you know, as I was researching the book. I mean, I. I know a lot about cats, and I know a lot about magic, but there were things that, you know, especially, you know, you talked about some of the historical things and some of the mythology things. I love myths and folklore. I mean, my fiction books, you know, uh, I've got a whole series based on the Baba Yaga, who is just this fascinating, um, you know, mythological Roman um, cool witch, really. Um but yeah, you know, when I was you know researching the history and researching the myths and the folklore, it was it was so much fun. Well, you know the uh, the, the term the the uh, bass the bass cat. How, how do you pronounce that bass? Bass. The yeah. I wonder because that cat I read that it kind of hovers around you know mothers and babies and takes mm-hmm. care of them and that kind of thing. I wonder if the term bassinet came from that cat. Because, you know, I did you not know? look that up. Damn it! <laughs> I, 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 I have a funny I, feeling it comes from. I that. don't know. That's look it up and let me know. <laughs> My mother was a librarian, so I'm all about the research and the looking things up. Yeah, I just thought that was kind of unusual. That's, that's an interesting thought. I have no idea. I mean, it's probably got yeah. some sort of weird Latin root that has nothing to do with exactly. that. Exactly. Right. Yeah, but but I don't I don't know. That's that's a curious question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because as, as I'm going through it, the uh, idea of, of the thought about the bobcat, since here in Arizona, of course, the bobcats are quite 
prevalent. We see a lot of them walking through the yard and what have you at different times. And I never thought about the fact of they're making peace in the solitarity of having them around. So I had to laugh when the last line is it's associated with being patient and aware of what's coming up. And that's really true because you're in awe when you see them, especially when they have their little ones with them. It's it's fabulous to watch how they Yeah, apparently there are a few, like in this area, um, I've I've never seen one. I mean, they're way up in the hills. Um, we do have mountain lions, not many, because we've been encroaching on their habitat. I did one winter. I walked out my door, and there was a cat set of cat footprints in the snow that were way too big to be a cat. And mm-hmm. I looked at them, and I went, wow. Mountain lion, so cool, and yeah, was yep. really glad that my cats don't go outside. Um, and I had a friend who did see one in her backyard. So mountain lions are are our sort of local wild cat, um, but there you don't see them very often. We see bears more than we see cats. Where are you located? Upstate New York. I am to give you. I'm in. Oneonta, well, I'm actually outside of Oneonta. I'm about a half an hour from Cooperstown, if people know where Cooperstown is, sort of um, at the foot of the Catskills. Catskills, yeah, no wonder I ended up here. Um, so, yeah, it's. I mean, it is definitely upstate New York, and where I live is very rural. Um, so, you know, I have deer strolling down my driveway and you know, that sort of thing. Um, but, yeah, unfortunately, we've encroached on their habitat so much that even though the mountain lions originated here, there are not as many of them as there used to be. Yeah. Are we take it on uh, right everywhere. Yep. Yeah. I, uh, I was watching something like National Geographic, and they were doing a thing on cats. And they said, after all the cats are gone in the world, the only one that will survive is the bobcat. Because they're the smartest, the fastest, the most cunning, rip your face off kind of cat. And well, and they're small, they're which survive. means they don't yeah, need as small. much food to survive. Uh, but That's they, right. yeah, they're, and I love their little tufty ears. They're so oh, yeah. cute. <laughs> but yeah, I get the big cute. cat and watch them walk. It's almost like and a fast. <laughs> yeah, they they yeah. are very cool. I love all the wild cats. And one of the things that I love about cats is they are not very far removed from their wild ancestors. You know, they may have decided on their own to, you know, come and live at the fire, you know, and you know, be fed. But if you watch the behavior of any so-called domesticated cat, they are very wild. I mean, some of them are wilder than ever, you know. But and if you if you see feral cats, of course, you know, feral cats really are wild cats but you know i have i live in the country so every once in a while a mouse will wander into the house not having gotten the memo about the multiple cats um (laughs) you know usually they stay in the walls or in the basement where the cats don't go but you know you can see from their behavior that they have that hunter instinct they have the play with their food instinct which is not charming but there you have it um you know they really are only thinly domesticated. They are as domesticated as they have decided to be. 
And, mm-hmm. you know, my cats, I don't let them outside, both to keep them safe and because they they can be pretty brutal to the local, you know, bird population. Um, but it's because they are natural hunters. You know, that is, their instincts are right on the surface, which is which is, I think, one of the things that makes them so magical is it's a way for human beings and, in my particular case, witchy human beings, to connect with the wildness that isn't all that far from any of us. We also have sort of chosen domestication, but you know, I think if you deny that element of um, instinct in yourself, then you also deny yourself some of the things that come with that instinct, and cats can help you get back in touch with that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think we have so much to learn from animals in general. And Definitely. I saw a quote from a Native American uh, leader who once said, every animal knows more than you do. And that's true, I believe. Oh, that, that is, is so true. Yes, and, it is. And usually we'll, like, show you that. <laughs> no well, subtlety whatsoever. Right. I mean, I will tell you that here where we live is also very rural, and <clears throat> there was a mountain lion. Uh, right out in front, and I didn't realize it was there. My husband thought it was very funny to tell me there was a lost cat in the yard. Oh, no. So, yeah, and he is he that still alive? He, yeah, he, <laughs> barely. The cat is. Um, <laughs> he was inside on the second floor. He goes, hey, go look around in the front. There's a cat that's lost. And I was like, oh, no, of course, you know. I go oh, I would have done the same thing. Yeah, to see if I can rescue this lost cat. And it's a mountain lion. And I'll tell you what, it was a really magnificent experience because it didn't attack me, thank God. But what it was doing, it was tracking something. And I got to see close up what a mountain lion looks like when it's tracking and how focused that mountain lion was. I mean, there was, oh, I'm so I was jealous. standing there. He didn't care. <clears throat> he was interested in what he was focused on. Only, and it was it was just a great experience. A magnificent animal, huge, <clears throat> and of course they say they don't. They we don't have them here, but they're lying because yeah. Well, they we say we don't here. have them here either, and yet I had those fit put, footprints literally outside my front door. Yeah, you know, which so, you know would have fit in the palm of my hand. I mean, this was not any kind of domestic cat. This thing no. was as big as my hand, and it padded through the yard, up to the door, back out through the yard. And, um, and and you know, as I said, my friend who's five minutes from my house had seen one in her yard. Um, and, yeah, they are magnificent, and I wish uh, we could do more to get them back their, their territory. Not that I'm moving, but, you know, somebody else should give them back their territory. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah, and again, we have so much to learn from them. And I could see also one other thing I noticed is this is also that kind of focus that they have that's so intense. That's also what can make them so dangerous because once they have their eye on you, um, then that's it. And, and you can understand. But that is something you can see in the domestic cat as well. When they are focused on something... It is very difficult to distract them, you know, whether that's food or prey or a toy. You know, I've had a lot of fun with my now two-year-old kittens. Watching them play is 
fascinating. I have my Koshka, who's my big fluffy boy, black guy. He's uh, he's probably part Maine coon cat or Norwegian forest cat. Um, and he, for the first, I'm going to say six or eight months I had him, he would play fetch. He finally got tired of it and he stopped doing it. But I have this sort of long toy with strings hanging off of it that one of the artists at my shop makes. And I would throw it for him. He would pick it up, bring it back in his mouth, plop it down. And he could do that for 20 minutes. He would just be so focused on bringing it back and forth and bringing it back and forth. And, of course, it's only after a little while that you realize that they've trained you to throw it for them. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> like, That's yeah, right. which one of this is being trained here? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, we're going to take a very short commercial break, and we're going to come back and talk more about cat magic, mysticism, and oracles. And you also have a tarot deck, so we have a lot to talk about, Deborah. And everybody stay tuned. You are listening to Supernatural Girls Radio. We'll be right back. Pure essential oils, specialized minerals, and a revolutionary anti-aging technology. Astridium combines the best of all scientifically proven ingredients in easy-to-use creams, lotions, and concentrated serums. Astridian's advanced line of products take your skin to a new level of being healthy and beautiful. We offer a variety of collections that address all your skin concerns. The Essential Anti-Aging Series treats and moisturizes your skin for a long-lasting, younger look. The Multivitamin Series promotes healthy skin with high-quality vitamins and minerals. The Sports Series restores skin from cellular damage and stress. Astridian also offers a revitalizing solution for hair and a professional series for doctors and medical spas. Visit astridian.love today and begin your new journey to healthy, beautiful, youthful skin. Astridian, beyond your expectations. There are a lot of psychics out there. How do you decide which one is right for you? You look for someone who empowers you, who's practical and spiritually connected, who says, here are your opportunities, here are your challenges, and here's a way to deal with them, and then gives you your own toolbox to make your life everything you want it to be. Hi, I'm Corby Mitleide, and that's how I work with you. As a certified professional tarot reader, I've helped thousands of people for over 40 years through my toolbox. Cards, past life retrieval, numerology, spirit guide conferences, and mediumship. Whether it's career, relationships, finances, or your spiritual road, together we can replace your confusion with clarity. And you'll probably find a little laughter along the way. Visit me at CorbyMitlai.com to find out how to cross your bridge from fear to fearlessness and fly. And tell me you found me at Supernatural Girls for a special gift with your reading. Corby Mitlai. The practical psychic for catching your tomorrows today. Find me at CorbyMitlide.com. That's CorbyMitlide.com. Are you ready for a new experience of freedom and powerful connection? Would you like a positive, effortless change in your life? Then come to CosmicFusion.com, where we offer the most advanced energy clearing and expansion techniques in the world with a quantum vortex energy to activate your divine blueprint and life's purpose. 
When your soul leads the way with cosmic fusion and quantum vortex energy, you can break clear of past difficulties and blocks with the power of the source. With cosmic fusion, the source energy does the work for you. It's easy and effortless. Listen to our free meditation right from our Cosmic Fusion website, the Cosmic Code Meditation. Sign up for one of our interactive webinars today. Come to Cosmic Fusion, www.kosmicfusion.com to experience an effortless awakening and transformation. Are you ready for an upgrade? Are you ready for a new experience of living in the fifth dimensional magic and powerful connection? Then visit CosmicFusion.com today. CosmicFusion.com Your property tax bill. Have you seen it lately? It's frightening. Your property taxes are going up while your home value is going down. It's time to fight back and win. For the real truth about the property tax system, get attorney Pat Quintilian's book, are you getting screwed on your property taxes? How to find out and how to fix it. Attorney Quintilian answers all your questions and gives you the facts you need to fight a property tax bill that is spiraling out of control. You'll also read about what happens to property owners who don't check their property records, only to find out too late they're taxed on square footage, fixtures, and even buildings that they don't own. Is this happening to you? Learn your rights. Buy Attorney Pat Quintilian's book today. Are you getting screwed on your property taxes? How to find out and how to fix it. Available on Amazon.com. Are you frustrated with endless mantras, affirmations, and processes that promise to align your life with your dreams only to find yourself years later in the same space where you began? Do you feel like you must be doing something wrong because nothing seems to be working? Don't you just wish that someone could shift your consciousness for you and your life could align with your desires without all the effort? Well, your wish is about to come true. Hi, I'm Carrie Cannon, and I have a gift that allows me to align the consciousness of others to be in harmony with their dreams. The best part is, it requires no particular effort on your part. Upon listening to a consciousness alignment, people have reported instant energy shifts, financial windfalls, soulmate connections, healed relationships, physical healings, and more. To gain access to a free trial offer for my entire Manifesting Miracles Library of Consciousness Alignments, go to commandmiracles.com now for details. Again, that's commandmiracles.com for information about our free trial offer. That's commandmiracles.com. Welcome back, everyone, to Supernatural Girls Radio. I am your host, Patricia Baker, and I am here with my co-host, PK, Patricia Kirkman, who you can find at patriciakirkman.com, and another co-host. We have George Lugo with us tonight, very famous psychic medium, and you can find George at crystalgatereadings.com. That is crystalgatereadings.com. And our fabulous guest tonight, we're having so much fun talking about cats and cat magic with our expert tonight, Deborah Blake. So, Deborah, tell us more about mysticism of cats, their deep, profound connection that they seem to have innately.
I know that sounds really magical, doesn't it? <laughs> Just, um, well, you know, it's witches and cats have been associated for as long as we know about, and I think it is because there is something about the cat that is sort of innately unknowable. You know, if, if you've ever had a cat, uh, you can look at them and. Uh, you you sort of think, well, you know, what are they thinking? What are they what are they plotting? And where did they get that thing that they put in my bed? Um, <laughs> you know, there there is, you know, I I love dogs. Dogs are wonderful, but most dogs are pretty simple and straightforward. You know, they want to eat, they want to run, they want to play, they want you to love them. Um, cats are, I think, innately mystical. And I don't know why that is. It just is. It's the nature of the beast, as we would say. Um, and, there, you know, some of them are more mystical than others. You know, I've, I've had cats who are pretty straightforward. Feed me, feed me now. But there is something about the cat that you really can never quite pin down. And I think that's why those of us who do magical work are so attracted to them. There is something that gives you the feeling that they are connected to something that is a little bit other, yeah. if that makes it's sense. It's like the, the mystique of them and the look. It's almost as if they're there, but they're not there, and they're pulling you in all the time. Yeah, I, you know, they – and. You know, like my, the cat that just came and sat on my lap, Angus. Um, he's he's a pretty down to earth cat. There's there's not a lot mystical about him, but I have had cats who really have that sense that there is something going on that you're not going to be able to know or understand, and and that's sort of what makes them kind of cool. You know, I. Uh, you know, I love that idea that you you can never you can't own a cat. You know, you can oh. own a dog. Cats pretty much will allow you to have them in your house and feed them if you're lucky, but they own you. That's the big difference. You know, cats pretty much choose you, and that's you know that is I think part of the magic of cats is that they are always their own person, um, mm-hmm. regardless of, of, you know, and they may be very attached to you and they may be um, dependent on you, but I dare you to try and make a cat do something it doesn't want to do. Dare you. Mm-hmm. Double dare you. Right. right. Yeah. Now, one time I was uh, sitting at Bob and Rose house down in Virginia and he had several cats, and one of them came and sat in front of me on the table and just stared at me, and I looked at at the cat, and he looked at me, and all of a sudden I was shown this amazing fluid geometry that was cool. way beyond, way beyond anything I could understand. I had barely got through math. So the cat school. was a mathematician? The cat was a master of geometry, and it was an amazing experience. I will never forget it. It happened many years ago, but it showed me that how little I knew and how much that cat knew. 
So I, I do have a feeling intuitively that every cat has some mastery of of this type of thing. And, I mean, we're the ignorant ones, for sure. That's so cool. Well, yeah. you know, my cat magic um, helps me write. You know, she would sit, if I was sitting at my desktop, she would sit next to the the keyboard and rest her head on the edge of the keyboard, which is less helpful than it, she thought it was. And if I was <laughs> sitting in my living room working on my laptop, which is where I do most of my writing, she would usually sit behind me on the couch and she supervised all of my writing. And, you know, I have to believe that, in fact, she really inspired me. And it has been more difficult to write since she's been gone. Uh, you know, I think she she lent me a certain eloquence that perhaps, um, you know, I don't quite have without her. I'm doing my best. Um, but, yeah, there was there was something about – she supervised everything I did. She supervised my magical work. She supervised my writing. She supervised my sleep. She supervised me in the kitchen. Uh, even as a kitten, she would literally leap from the floor to my shoulder and insist on sitting on my shoulder as I cooked – and you know, supervising whatever I was doing, and she wasn't after bits of food. I mean, she would eat them if you gave them to her. She just wanted to know what you were doing. <laughs> That's adorable. Oh my goodness! She was yeah. the boss of me. She really, yeah. really was. Now, I have a cat like that. You have a cat like that. Cats have inspired many things. I mean, if you look at you know, we talked a little bit about. You mentioned the the tarot deck and the oracle deck. There are a lot of cats in those decks. Uh, there are a few dogs and a few other critters, but there are a lot of cats in both the tarot deck and the oracle deck because they they pretty much inspire everything I do. And so you you feature them in those in those uh, oracles and and tarot cards. And tell us a little bit about those that because you created them. And they're available. Well, I, I and and Elizabeth Alba, who's my illustrator, people always say, "Oh, did you do the pictures too?" And I say, "No, you don't want stick figure witches." Uh, <laughs> I was very, yeah, I'm I am talented in many ways. Uh, painting is not one of them, alas. Um, but uh, I was very fortunate to um, work with it fabulous illustrator named Elizabeth Alba who worked with me on both the Oracle deck which was our first project together and we had so much fun on that that we sort of waited for the opportunity and two years later came up with the Oracle deck to do together Um, but yeah Llewellyn actually uh, contacted me and said do you want to do a a tarot deck and initially I, I was doing a lot of fiction work at that point and I thought oh I'm awfully busy and then I thought oh you idiot they're offering you to have your own tarot deck how cool is that shut up and say yes so I did Um, but you know we had a great time with the tarot deck what I did was I you know I've been professionally reading tarot for at this point probably 25 years and I've used a sort of standard rider weight uh, tarot deck which i I love it's great, but um, I, you know, I had some friends like some of my Blue Moon Circle folks who are trying to learn tarot, and said, you know, I don't, I don't understand that deck. You know, the there's so much weird esoteric symbolism that I don't get. 
And so what we did was set out to take the basics of the Rider Waite Tarot, which so many people are familiar with, and update it for, well, the everyday witch. It's called the everyday witch tarot. And there are witches, but they're they're not necessarily like spooky witches. Um, you know, some of them are, you know, dancing or doing yoga or whatever. Because the truth is, you know, the the real witch, the you know, the witches like me, are just like everybody else except we have a different spiritual path and, you know, a different way of looking at the universe maybe. Uh, but we're just everyday people. And so, yeah, we, we, you know, I took the Rider weight deck and tried to make it more accessible. I mean, that's the big thing about all of my books. Um, you know, I, the Everyday Witch is sort of a theme of mine because it's all about making it accessible for the everyday witch, the everyday person. And, yeah, there's, there's a lot of cats in them because, well, I like cats. And they're magic. Well, it just looks Youth like so friendly. much fun, this particular deck. And now you did mention that you do tarot card readings for people, so I want to ask you, how can people get a hold of you if they want to book a reading? Well, um, I don't I do not do a ton of them these days uh, because I'm extremely busy and important. No, mostly I'm just busy and tired. Um, but <laughs> I, first of all, if, if people are just looking to find more about me, I'm on Facebook as Deborah Blake and Twitter as Deborah Blake. I've got a huge imagination, as you can tell. Um, and I have a Patreon, and uh, so people can find me on my Patreon page. I also have a blog, which is um, Deborah Blake at blogspot.com. And I have a website, which is Deborah Blake Author.com. Really put in Deborah Blake on your google thing and it'll find me um i'm not hiding very hard um but yeah you know people can just contact me you know i get i get emails i get messages through facebook you know all the time and um and i do answer every single one of them if somebody has a question about you know one of my books or if they um you know heard me on a show like this and they have a question for me um you know i don't i don't always have time for long detailed answers but i i do try and be accessible to people because you know we're all seekers we're all trying to learn we're all trying to grow and there were people who helped me along my path and so i i try and be there for the folks who are working along their path well that's so generous well i think that's great and certainly people do want to be able to find you because I've gotten a lot of texts saying, how do we find Deborah? So now everybody really? knows how to find oh, you. Cool. Yes. So that's yeah, great. Well. And and also your tarot deck is available for sale as well. As oh, heck all yeah. Of your, all my stuff's available for sale. All, yes, all of your books. I want to ask you, what is one of the spookiest things that ever happened to you, um, either in witchcraft or with cat magic or, or in, in regular anything? life? Because we well, are into spooky uh, October that, here in Supernatural Girls. Yeah, so. it is. It is. Um, uh, I, I'm trying. I mean, uh, you know, I've I've always been a sensitive, and and as I'm sure you know, you know, for sensitives, you know, there are you you get exposed to things that are not necessarily 
what everybody else gets exposed to. And I'm not sure about spooky, but um, I was actually doing a tarot reading for a woman who had come to see me a few times. Um, She had lost her, she was an older woman, and she had lost her sister in a car accident, and she was really bereft and seeking. And I am not one of those witches who talks to dead people. For which, uh, I might add, I am kind of grateful because you know, things are difficult enough talking to real people. Um, <laughs> but uh, live people, I mean, dead people are real too. Uh, but in this particular instance, as I was doing this tarot reading, her sister came through because, you know, I'm open and available when I'm doing tarot um, in a way that I'm not most of the rest of the time. And basically gave me a bunch of messages uh, which I passed along and this woman sort of stared at me and went oh my god you sound just like my sister and I said sorry I am I'm just I'm just the you know the conduit here but and we had a couple of other sessions where she was particularly looking for that and it it worked out uh, but it was it was a little freaky for me because that is not normally what happens when I do a tarot reading to have somebody come through. But it was, you know, it was benign. It was not, you know, there was nothing malicious or unpleasant about it. It was just a little unusual for me. And I've had that happen uh, when I do energy healing uh, once or twice. And it's, you know, it's a, it's amazing and fascinating, sort of like looking at the mountain lion. But it's also so powerful that I do not envy the people who do that all the time. Yeah, I think. Well, it takes yep. a special person like George. It like does, you, George. George. Do that. Yeah. yeah. I can tell you something really fast. I had a woman that came to me who was missing her husband, and she was, you know, he had been gone from puppy about a year. And she's sitting across from me, and uh, and I keep telling her, I'm seeing all these roses, you know, that he, he used to give you roses, right? And she says, yeah, he did. And right at that time, out of midair, a rose falls right on the table, right in front. Right no between way. Us. Boom. And it was, the thing about the rose, it was almost like, it was so cold. It was almost like when you put it in a liquid uh you know, what do you call nitrogen. it? Uh, hydrogen. Nitrogen. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it it almost had that kind of sense to it. It, it just kind of went boom right in front of us. And uh, and I said, well, look at there. And so she, she kept it. She put, she bought a little glass box and, uh, you know, put the rose in there. So I thought that was kind of neat. Well, that's way that cooler is. than anything that ever happened to me. I think we should just <laughs> talk to George for the rest of this time. <laughs> no, 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 no. But I've had a lot of things like that happen, just very unusual things like that. It doesn't scare me. I just kind of, you know, I'm I'm never really uh, shocked or surprised. I, it's just who, it's what they can do. I don't know. They, they it's, just know it is amazing. I have a friend who lost her husband, and it was a really long, drawn out medical thing, and it was it was really difficult, and she was under tremendous stress for you know a year. And she wasn't sure after he passed if she really believed in life after death. And, of course, you know, I said to her, my experience is, yes, this is a thing. I can't, I can't tell you for sure, you know, what to believe. But I, I can tell you based on my experience, this is a thing. And I would actually be talking to her 
or emailing to her, and I could see him standing over her shoulder when she was at the computer. I mean, it was as clear as day. And I had never met him. I had sort of a vague idea of what he looked like. But she had these really cool things happen where she kept finding pennies. He left mm. her pennies every like under her pillow, in places where pennies did not belong. And he was trying to send her messages and and you know, I kept saying you need to you need to pay attention to this. And uh I guess this is this is the spookiest thing that's happened to somebody I know. Um he had the last gift he had given her was a a ring with a couple of little pearls in it. And she lost it somewhere in that last year. She they were most of the time she wasn't even home. They were at a hospital somewhere far away. And she was bereft having lost this last gift. And she went up to his office in their house and he drank a lot of soda and he had all these empty soda bottles. And there were three soda bottles in a triangle on the floor lying there. In the middle of the triangle was the ring. Oh, my God. Wow. I know. <laughs> and, and she told me that and I said, I'm not surprised at all. I've, you know, I've been yeah. trying to tell you he's he's talking to you, and she's she's now quite the believer. I mean, it's been a couple of oh, years, yeah. and there have been enough things that that you know she has has really come to understand that that there's something else going on here. But it was you know not everybody comes to that easily, you know. And right. I understand it. I actually come from a family of very rational you know, prove it to me kind of people. I'm mm-hmm. mind you, I'm sort of like the weird hippie freak in that family. But <laughs> it was it was hard for me to come to witchcraft and to believe in things I couldn't see. That was you know, that was not an easy journey for me. Um but, you know, there there were enough things that I finally went, Yeah, okay. <laughs> and how about your family? Um, Deborah, about this because they, you were raised Jewish, as you said. I was too. Yep. So I know what and, that's like. And really, nobody else much believes much of anything. Um, but they're they're really great, actually. Um, they're very accepting of my faith and of my path. You know, I think they all think I'm a little crazy. But they always thought I was a little crazy. The witchcraft didn't change that or add to that in any way. Um, you know, I. I'm sort of like the fairy changeling in a family full of type A yuppie overachievers, you know. Okay. I'm the artsy uh-huh. one. I'm the, you know. But, you know, my, they, they're all, you know, pretty supportive, and they, you know, they think it's fabulous that I have all these books. Uh, my my parents actually both write, and uh, my sisters have sort of dabbled. So, you know, that's, that's like a cool thing. And, you know, thankfully, you know, they don't, they don't get it. I mean, they don't. They, they, you know, they think I'm, I'm definitely sort of odd, which you know I can't argue with. But they're not at all <laughs> critical, or um, you know, uh, there, there's no, there's no rejection of my beliefs. Then nobody agrees with me. Um, you know, I mean, they, they definitely don't. Any of them follow the same path that I follow. Um, in fact, for the most part, they don't really have any faith at all. Um, but the, you know, I, I am very fortunate in that, for the most part, 
family, friends, um, general community, I haven't had a lot of negative blowback. And I'm, you know, obviously really out of the broom closet because I write all these books. And, you know, I sell the books in my shop and I wear a pentacle at work. And every once in a while somebody will say to me, oh, well, these are your books. Does that mean you're a witch? And I'll say, yeah. And I'll sort of wait and hold my breath and see if there's going to be anything. And, you know, there have been one or two people who sort of looked at me funny. But for the most part, I have been very fortunate in that people are either accepting or skeptical, but not, you know, they're not burning crosses on my lawn. That's, that's, good. A, that's a good thing. <laughs> well, you're not yeah. shooting fireballs at your family, so they're, you know, it's cool. No, no, so far, so yeah. far, so good. Now, mind you, I have all these protective cats, so maybe. That's yeah. right. And I do, I do actually do protective work around my property. It, I did my yearly thing a couple of weeks ago. You know, I mix some herbs and some sea salt, and I bless it and consecrate it, and then I go around my property and you know around the house, and I you know ask for protection. Um, so maybe that's it. I don't know. Um, <laughs> And I also think that our society as a whole, well, our society as a half <laughs> has become more more open-minded and accepting. And, you know, certainly, you know, Wicca and paganism is, they say, the fastest growing spiritual path or religion, you know, in the North. I think they say North America. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of us, and we're everywhere. Well, yeah, and, I mean, we had someone on the show a few weeks ago talking about La Santa Muerte and how popular um, this saint has become, even here in the United States. It's no longer just a Mexican thing. Right. It's, it's kind of evolved mm. to the to the place where people feel so dis- disenfranchised that, they uh, they have chosen her because she accepts everyone. So it's very interesting to see that the rise of pagan you know pagan religions and it is more accepted than ever before. Thank goodness. Well, you know my my theory on the rise of of paganism and witchcraft is first of all that people are looking for something you know absolutely and and they were not finding it in whatever religion it was that they grew up with whether that was a Christian religion or Judaism or whatever it was. Um, and I think for those sort of traditional religions, for women especially, that male-centric religion was a little tricky. You know, one of the things that I love about about being a witch and, and a pagan is that there's a goddess. I, I worship the god, too. It isn't for you know, for me it's like everything in nature is male and female. It makes a lot of sense to me that deity will also have both those aspects, you know, in the face that it shows to us. But I also think that we're trying to get back to nature. We're trying to reconnect to the natural world, you know, before it goes completely fluey. Um that's the technical term, by the way. Um, and and so, you know, I think for a lot of people, witchcraft and paganism simply makes sense in that it is so grounded in the earth. So do you find that your cats 
each one of them plays a role in your life, and you have company that come over. Do some of them do certain things, and some stay near you, some take oh, off. Oh, absolutely. Well, the yeah. the cat that was sitting on me before Angus, um, he's very timid, and he tends to hide. Most people who come to my house have never seen him. He's fourteen. He's lived here a long time. Um, mm-hmm. I got him when he was about eight months old um, from the shelter, and. You know, it was it was actually sort of interesting because last night I have a a friend who comes to visit me periodically, one of my artists who also is a my cat sitter when I go away. And she's been here for a few days and a friend of hers who I'd never met before came to visit this guy who is, you know, like a carpenter, very down to earth sort of hermity kind of person. And this cat, Angus, who never comes out for anybody he doesn't know, came and hung out around the dining room table, like, made nice to this guy, let him pet him. You know, the cable guy came today, and this cat was just, like, freaking out in the corner. So he told me something about this person that I had never met before. He said, this guy's okay. He's he's connected somehow to the universal energy in a way that I, the scaredy cat, identify and say, yeah. I'm okay with. Yeah, it was it was amazing. My you know my friend and I just sort of looked at her friend and went, "What are you doing? What, are you like the cat whisperer? What the hell?" <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, and of course you know uh, every cat that I have has its own personality, and you know Magic the cat was sort of the checked everybody out who came in the house, and mm-hmm. you know most of them she sort of checked them out and then walked away. You know, if there was anybody she really, truly didn't like, I never let them in the house again. Wow. That's smart. They're really good at that. Yep. Yeah, no, she was yeah, no. She was truly the guardian of the household and, and very discerning. I mean, she mostly just sort of ignored you unless she liked you, in which case, you know, you would be allowed to pet her. But if, you know, on the rare occasions where there was somebody she really, you know, gave that, you know, hairy eyeball too. Nope, I took her word for it, and they didn't come back. Well, Animals that's great. The people, don't they? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they. I mean, I, I think those of us who are sensitives, if we're absolutely. allowing ourselves to listen to that voice, and of course, you know, you know, we have to put up these sort of protective barriers so that we're not as accessible to that information because otherwise the world will just break us. And so sometimes you're like, well, is that a thing or not? Cause you know, we, it's so hard to always be open, but yeah, you know, I think people have those instincts too. I just think cats are mm-hmm. more open to them because they don't watch the news. <laughs> they don't have to be as right. protective of their psychic space as those of us who are sensitive and, you know, can't can't always be that open. Right. Yes, exactly. You know, one of the things I really like about your books is the way that you pull in magic to the everyday world. And <clears throat> so it, I think it's really essential because our lives have changed so much just in the last, what, 10, 15 years, just the way technology has changed the way we communicate. Two years. The last two years have been kind of crazy. Yeah, and and so your books basically remind us that we can still have magic and do magic 
and ev- for everyday things and in everyday life. So I love that because it's important to know. It's not something you have to do just on a holiday, but you can have it every day. And even in your cat magic book, you have rituals and and spells that you can do for all kinds of practical things. So it's great. Well, you know, most of us don't have two hours to set aside to do magic. It would be lovely if we did. And, yes, every once in a while you could do a big ritual. But for most of us, if we can take five minutes and stand in front of our altar or light a candle or walk out and look at the full moon or talk to whichever deity we connect with, sometimes we have to make do with that five minutes. And so, yeah, a lot of my books are pretty much based on ways we can integrate our spiritual lives, our magical lives, with our everyday lives. You know, I mean, I talk about things like um, you know, mixing magic with your cooking. You're going to cook anyway, so put a little magic in it. You're going to take a shower anyway. At least I hope you are. Um, <laughs> you know, so, yeah, do a little magical work in your shower. Um, you know, there are ways to to put magic into all the things you do without having to spend a lot of money or a lot of time or a lot of effort, because let's face it, most of us are tired. I'm tired. Um, But that doesn't mean you can't tap into this, uh, you know, this energy of the universe, this, this extra little whatever you want to call it, whether you want to call it magic or whether you want to call it faith, you know, it's out there. And it's, you know, it's all you have to do is reach your hand out. And so, yeah, I just try and find ways to help people connect with that that maybe they wouldn't have thought of on their own. So give us an example, if you would, Deborah, on some everyday magic we can do, whether it's related to cooking or keeping your property safe or whatever. Well, give us some ideas here. Well, okay, here's an easy one. Um, if you If you want to... Um, you know, most people get up in the morning and they take a shower. Some people shower at night. Um, I make a magical spray. I take a few essential oils, which I bless and consecrate so they're more magical, but you don't even really have to do that. Um, mine has rosemary, which is really good for sharpening your brain and also for um, protection, and grapefruit, which helps energize and wake you up, and also protection. Um, I'm big on protection. And also purification. Um, And uh, peppermint, which is another good uh, sort of energizing thing. I put it in a spray bottle with some water, and right before I get into my shower, I spritz it into the shower. And then, and this is the important part, I consciously focus when I get into the shower, on taking that energy into myself. Because the spray by itself doesn't do anything. You have to have focus and intent. Those are the two big components of magical work. Um, you have to be, you know, you have to be aiming at something. That's your intent. You have to say, okay, I want, you know, whatever this magical work I'm doing, whether it's something you add to your food or your shower or whatever, you know, my intent is to start my day off better, to give myself more energy, to protect myself, to you know, uh, 
give myself some purification. And then you sort of focus your energy and your intent on that and take it inside. It's very simple. It's very easy. Anyone can do it. And you don't have to have that kind of, like, you know, people think about, when you say focus, they think about meditation and they think, oh, I can't do that. No, it's a split second. You, you know, it's like focusing when you're driving down the road. You get to work safely, you probably can focus. Um, if you don't get to work safely, there's nothing I can do to help you. <laughs> what about in cooking? How can people bring oh, magic well, in I, cooking? Um, I actually I make magical hot chocolate. Ooh. It's actually magical mocha because i got to put my coffee in there too. But, um, yeah, I take uh, milk, which is actually good for healing and strength. And I add chocolate, which is good for uh, prosperity and love. And add a little sugar for sweetness in life. And a little cayenne pepper for energy and for you know, protection. And a little cinnamon, which is also good for love and healing. And then I add my coffee, which, well, we know what coffee is good for. Um, and I mix it all up in a, a little hot chocolate maker. But while I do it, I focus on my intent. And so all of those things make a kind what I like to call um, magical alchemy. You're mixing a bunch of ingredients together to create this magical whole, and then I end up with this drink, which happens to be yummy, but also gives me, you know, prosperity and love and, you know, energy and all those things I want to start my day off. And think about starting your day off with that. Plus, it's got chocolate in it. So, yeah, you know, it is so easy if you use herbs in your cooking, which I do. I have a big garden. Um, but herbs are really easy to use in your cooking. And most culinary herbs also have magical properties. And many of them also have healing properties. But, um, you know, for instance, you know, we talked about having a rosemary essential oil in the spray for the shower. If you use rosemary when you're cooking uh say, Italian food or something, um, rosemary is really good for, for mental acuity, for focusing your mind, for memory. You know, rosemary is for remembrance. If there's somebody that at Samhain, at Halloween, you want to do some work for somebody that you're remembering, rosemary is a great herb for that. You can put it in your food or you can burn it in your bonfire or you can burn incense there are just so many ways to integrate it into your life. You just pick one. That's great. <clears throat> I like that it's fast, it's easy, and you're basically just being conscious enough to pick an intent and then focus on that for even just exactly. like you said. Uh, you know, if you second. choose to do this kind of work, you know, you've already taken the first step. You know, that's that's your conscience. Uh, conscience can't talk conscious intent um apparently i need more rosemary (laughs) (laughs) we all do (laughs) absolutely but these are fun things to do and i think it's a wonderful exercise in focus so when we're cooking or about to take a shower just stuff we do every day anyways 
we can add that intent to it, and that's a wonderful way to bring magic into our lives. So this is I, your books are tremendous, and again, everybody can find Deborah's books <clears throat> on Amazon.com and also at DebraBlakeAuthor.com. Tonight well, and the books are available, you know, through Llewellyn, you know, Barnes and Noble, really, you know, any bookstore. And if you have an independent bookstore, I'm all about the independent bookstores. You can ask them to order it; they can order it, and you can ask your local library if they have it or if they want to order it. Because, you know, my my books are available to libraries too, and then you don't even have to buy it. I know I'm probably not supposed to say that. Sorry, Llewellyn people, but um, you know, libraries are a wonderful source for books and knowledge. Not everybody can afford to buy all the books they want. Even I can't buy all the books I want, although I have a lot of books. So yeah, they're you know they're they're pretty much available everywhere. You just have to go looking for them. And also, sort I have like to magic. say, I was thinking I would, I'm going to buy a bunch of your cat magic books because I think they'll make a great holiday present, especially for all my cat friends. I have a lot of friends who love cats and have them, and this would be a wonderful gift. So It, it is a fun one, and what I like to do, because obviously I give them as gifts, is I get a couple of toys for the cats you know, like a little catnip thing or some treats, something so that you're giving the gift to the cat person and also to their cat. Oh, that's so lovely. That's, uh, my that's cats maybe well, say Deborah, that, I'm just saying. That's a great way to do it. Deborah, thank you so much. This has been such an enjoyable evening with you and oh, hearing yeah. about your cats and cat magic and your oracle decks and, and everything else that you're in love with and sharing with the rest of us. Thank you very, very much for joining us tonight. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's been Great. a delight. Thank you. Well, everybody, we'll be back again next week with another exciting show. Until then, we'll see you on the Blue Highway. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another radio adventure with... Supernatural Girls. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.